Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians dissent against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. I'm Bruce Johnson, joined of course by my brother Jacob Johnson. Hello everybody. And yes, what you just heard, if you're a podcast listener or watched, if you are a viewer of this show on Rumble or trdshow.net or Gab TV is our brand new intro courtesy of the great Cade Nash. <laughs> we really appreciate all of his work um, helping with everything. Um, how, what's the word? Illust- illustrative, all of the graphics mm. um, yeah. behind this show from the thumbnails to uh, a lot of what you see on screen to set design, not, not this, uh, he doesn't, uh, this will not be attached to him. Thank goodness. Right. Uh, <laughs> you wouldn't but, want to put uh, that on his resume. No, no, no. Poor guy. I would not connect this to him. Um, but, <laughs> but whatever we were all in person filming and all of that, he's done so, so much created promos. So huge, huge shout out to Kate Nash. Really appreciate all his hard work. And what you saw today or heard was the brand new intro. There's also a brand new outro. So stay tuned for that. And why you might ask, are we doing this now? This is so strange. Well, today is episode number 200. <laughs> confetti. I, I wish we had like actual <laughs> confetti noise because that was like a dying cat. I don't even know. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, how we celebrate so, 200. It's cats. It's dying cat. cat day. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It's a wonderful way to celebrate, so, though. <laughs> no, it's not. That's a great. I, so, I would love that. I mean, oh dear, you have problems. So, um, yeah. So we we are very thankful um, that uh, God has allowed us to continue doing this for 200 straight episodes. We started this in the summer of 2021, July 2021. So when we filmed the very first episode of the Reformed Dissenters, and now it's. Uh, 200 episodes in and i think we're we're finally starting to figure some things out (laughs) so yeah yeah, we've changed a lot over the over the years all two of them and uh we've grown we've had a lot of new guests been to some conferences talked to so many cool people read so many books and that is what we're going to continue doing today with the book we started earlier this month how's that for a transition eh (laughs) so Today, we are continuing The Magician's Nephew by C.S. Lewis in the Chronicles of Narnia, and we are reading the next four chapters. I know on Monday we said three, but uh, it's actually, we're doing four so that we can finish this book by the end of the month. We're reading um, episode, uh, let's see, episode seven, episode eight, episode chapter, chapter seven, chapter (laughs) eight, chapter nine, and chapter ten. So what happened at the front door, the fight at the lamppost, the founding of Narnia, and the first joke and other matters. So lots, lots to delve into. So as we've been saying this whole month, we are not uh, doing this as an audiobook. So we will not be doing a ton of like quoting the book. We're not going to be doing a ton of spoiling everything. We're, this is meant to be a commentary on some of the, the big things that we got from this chapter that we were like, hey, this is so cool. If we were to sit down with someone, sit down with any of you and talk about, you know, you were to ask, well, what do you think about the magician's nephew? These are our thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, <clears throat> so the expectation from us is that you are reading along with us as we go. So given that we've just told you what chapters we've, uh, we're reading, 
um, feel free if you haven't read them already to pause and then read them yourself because otherwise this might just be kind of confusing. <laughs> yeah, they are they are so. not long chapters. They are not no too deep. So entertaining. Or, yeah, yeah, they are they are good. They can be an easy read, but if you yep. really want to get something out of them, like what we're doing, you can go through deep dive thinking about every every little minute uh, detail in it and trying to figure out what is trying to be said there, which yes. that's what we're doing. <laughs> that is what we're doing. So, uh, yeah, so we've got a lot to cover. Four chapters is a lot of stuff. Um, but before we get into all that, we have to do what we always do, which is talk about our verse of the week. Wednesday, of course, means Jake does mm-hmm. that. So, dude, take it away. And our verse this week is Job 40, verse 12. Just one just one verse today. Uh, and it says, Look on everyone who is proud and bring him low and tread down the wicked where they stand. Uh, this one is an interesting one to me because something... I was telling Bruce when he mentioned this one and he brought it up uh, for our Monday episode. Uh, we were going through trying to figure out what we wanted to do for a verse. Uh, but this one was one that he was going through his notes. He was going through different things. And so he found this one. And he's like, what do you think of this one? And I'm like, oh, OK, I, I like it. And then I was reading through it. I was trying to trying to think of something interesting to say about it. Not much came to mind. But, um, wow. but something, um, yeah, it, you know, not all verses stand out, uh, and could, in a sense, they don't stand out in a way that I can present something on the show. They definitely, this one definitely has a lot of things for, um, for people to derive from it, but so, not something I can eloquently put into the show. But, but something I do want to point out is uh, the very funny nature of this of this verse, given our current present day. Um, and something I think the reason I find this funny is that today, a lot of people and I don't know how prevalent this is. I, I have heard a lot of different things of people saying that the Christians are proud and prideful people because we say anybody who is in sin is wrong or anybody who goes against God's law are being unlawful. They're, they're wrong. And so they consider us prideful because we're saying that because we're, we're deeming people to be wrong and following God's law is right. And to me, the funny thing is, is that this verse is literally making that, correlation and saying the opposite complete opposite and in a sense it's making an assumption it's saying look on anyone who is proud and bring him low and then it says tread down the wicked where they stand this is within the same sentence he's not changing thoughts thoughts are not being switched here this is the Mm -hmm. same thought one thought saying look on anyone who is proud tread them down uh, bring them low, tread down the wicked where they stand. He's saying these two proud and wicked synonymously hmm. as if they're th- in a sense, the same thing. Um, yeah. And that, that is what I find interesting about that verse and something that, uh, and Bruce, and when I was bringing this up to Bruce, he was saying that a lot of verses that he found 
when doing that type of re- doing the uh, the research for our Monday episode, a lot of verses made those types of correlations that the wicked are the proud ones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you were saying. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, one of the one of the interesting things, I think, is that we like to. <clears throat> and part of this is not like it, we're not saying this is horrible and this is wrong. We like to internalize a lot of those things and make, you know, all of those warnings, all of those uh, things we're called to heed. We make them internal to the church. It's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. we we should be humble. We should be this. We should be that because um, the Bible calls us to do that, which is very, very true. And that's good. But there's a, a tendency to focus so much on us, 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 we, 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 and not focus on what God tells us, how God tells us to interact with mm-hmm. the people out there, right? Or what he's calling the people out there to uh, to be. Um, and so what this is calling, what Jacob is just bringing up is it's, it's calling them to not be proud as well. Mm-hmm. And so much of the verses that talk about pride and being proud and all of those things as negatives uh, is talking about the wicked is saying they are proud. This is how they'll be judged. This will be the end of them because mm-hmm. of their pride. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And again, I, I do want to go back to what I first said. Um, this verse to me was in a sense challenging to come up with something because I don't want to go the basic route and give you what almost any, every single person when they look at this verse will say, uh, you know, speak about the proud person, which I feel like is said all the time. And that's something that's harped on, like literally what Bruce was just saying. And the church uses that type of thing all the time and says, you know, okay, we should not be proud. And, you know, they may even say this is what that looks like or something like that. Um, But I wanted I want to do something different and give you something that's not that because you get that all the time. You know, so I I did want to go back and kind of like rephrase what I said, because I feel like it it did not represent what i was trying to say the right way (laughs) but yes uh but yeah that's what i got cool thank you jake um yeah so today uh like we said earlier we're going through four chapters i almost said episodes again four chapters and the first one is what happened at the front door this one was Hmm. interesting this kind of goes back to what, what was the other one um Maybe it was the wrong door. I think it was something like that. There there have been excerpts. There have been um, beginning of Uncle Andrew's troubles. There have been some chapters that were not meant to be like, ooh, super deep. Or, ooh, there's mm-hmm. lots of implications to draw from this that are right. higher philosophical ideas or, or mm-hmm. uh, references to other things, allusions to greater concepts or what have you. There are just some chapters that are just meant to be fiction that are just meant to drive the story that are meant to be interesting. And so I think that that's one of those chapters, but there are still a few observations I can make. And of course I will. Um, One of the biggest is the, the interesting um, statements made about the ant. I think it's aunt Letty. And you have to remember this was during the time of, of uh, the first world war. And so the statement is made that um, she was a, a very strong, hard woman who, um, was uh would not take ridiculous responses and was was like no 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 this is the way it is we're sticking to it was staunch Mm -hmm. 
And, and C.S. Lewis made the point, he's like, as most women had to be at that time, you know, the husbands were out at war, dying on the battlefields, and the women were at home and had to basically run a society on their own. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so there was that level of, well, they were hard, they were staunch, they were matter of fact, businesslike. And so it was just yeah. interesting. But, <clears throat> you know, part of that is that that's not the ideal there's a there's a there's a contrast between how it should be and how it was um, you know women having to step into a man's role and act like a man is not ideal it, it should be avoided because now mm. you've just taken away everything that makes women great it's like if men then tried to be women and it's like no that doesn't work men and women right. were created differently with different roles with strengths and weaknesses of their own and when one tries to be the other things go horribly wrong. So anyways, um, there were some interesting, interesting points that could be made in that chapter, but I, I don't think that there's, there's too much that needs to be stated there, especially since this episode, and I do mean episode, we are going to be spending <laughs> most of our time talking more about the creation-esque uh, uh, chapters. So I'll leave that there, Jake. If you have any 20 second, really quick thoughts on that chapter mm -hmm. before we move to the next one. So Correct me if I'm wrong. This is the chapter where the witch comes into the world and realizes she has no power. Yes. Right. Yep. Realizes she cannot, um, she does not have the same magical power that she had in Charn. And so she cannot as easily take over this world as she did her own. Yeah. And to me, this, um, kind of gave me a glimpse and gave me a, a thinking about uh, Satan, right? And how um, God bound the strong man, bound mm. Satan, right? <clears throat> Cut him off from his power. He does not have the power that he used to. And yeah. in a sense, this, this gave me um, kind of a, a thinking about that. It re reminded me of that in a sense. Uh, and I thought that was, that was something interesting. Uh, but yeah, there's my 22nd or yeah. minute, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. That was really interesting. And one of the things we were talking about in the pre-show too, attached to that was the fact that she just kept on going, you know, the witch was just yeah. like, it's almost yeah. like it didn't even phase her. And she just, she kept on, you know, like, all right, fine. And then I'll pick you up and throw you across the room. If yeah. I can't do it with magic. Um, and that's kind of Satan's response to, all right, so it won't be as elegant. It won't work nearly as well as it used to, but I'm still going to push and try and, be, and right. do as many maniacally evil things as I can. And that's kind of mm -hmm. what the response we see yeah. as well. Um, so it's just kind of interesting. <clears throat> but moving into chapter eight, you know, the fight at the lamppost, I think this is yet another one of those chapters where we see um, that, that same like push propelling the story forward. But what's also fascinating is this may be the most chaotic chapter in the whole book. <laughs> um, voices, shouting, yelling, smashing, throwing, uh, knifing, uh, as in slicing things, um, just clamoring, uh, cowardice from people, uh, policemen, for instance, who didn't want to actually step up. He was like, oh, okay, if someone else wants to handle this, you know, he was trying, but yeah, anyways, mm -hmm. there's more that could be said on that, but we don't have time. <laughs> um, so, but <clears throat> what I think was cool there was the, the staunch dichotomy between all of that and the very end of that chapter, when all of a sudden they're in a world of nothing, 
Mm. They vanish into a, a silent world, vanish into absolute silence for a split second. And then something really interesting mm. happens. So anything on, on that chapter, Jake, before we move into kind of the core part of what we really want to talk about today? So I do have to say that um, overall, I know I know the story and how it goes. I've read the book, uh, I think, two times and I've listened to it once or twice. But so I know the story overall. So in a sense, as as we're doing this, I take the book, I look at the chapters and it reminds me, OK, so here's what we're this is. This is the part of the story that we're talking about. So, again, I will ask this question. If I am wrong, let me know. If this is not the right section of the book that we're in, just mm-hmm. let me know. But in this section of the book, um, the lamppost was thrown by the witch into the ground. Um, um, and she was trying to throw it at Aslan, wasn't she? So, yeah, so not quite. That, so that's in the next chapter, and it wasn't a lamppost that was thrown. It was a metal bar, actually, from, that's from right. the lamppost that's right. that was she mm-hmm. ripped off. Yeah. Um. But that gets thrown in the next in the next, in the next chapter. chapter. But, yeah. So continue yes, on until we get close. to that chapter. Okay, sounds good. Um, <laughs> Just know I will be talking about a lamppost coming up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sounds good. Um, so so what's fascinating is at the end of this this chapter, uh, chapter eight, where everything's silent, and then something happens, which is really cool. I should mention before we move on though that it, uh, one character is introduced in a way that eventually he's completely changed, completely mm. transformed. Two characters, actually, but really one and his horse. <laughs> wow. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, it's it's the cabbie. And it's like the nicest guy in the whole book, I swear. It's, mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy. Um, I think it was especially explained that him growing up in a... And this gets explained more so in another chapter, but... This chapter, it briefly touches on the fact that he comes from a more rural um, yeah. upbringing Country, and he had to come. Of. Yeah. And he had to go to the city to make money because that's yeah. where the money was. And so he became a cabbie driver in in the city. But yeah. Uh, yeah. so keep that yeah. in mind for chapters coming up later, not in this episode. I think that next. Right. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that becomes kind of important later on down the road. It, the transformation is actually mm-hmm. really fascinating and pointed mm-hmm. out in a later chapter. But anyways, all right, I've hyped this up enough. We get to kind of the core part of what we wanted to talk about. And the initial sound they hear is singing, mm. which I find absolutely fascinating. Um, the world of Narnia was sung into existence, mm-hmm. which, you know, as a musician and, and as someone who reads the Bible and understands how closely music, how we were created to connect so closely to music and how God connects very closely to music and how it's something that we're told to do. We're told to do skillfully, told to do joyfully. It's supposed to be part of our service to him is singing, is um, worshiping him with music. So music plays a huge role and should play a huge role in all of our lives as humans. Um, And what's fascinating is that it is referenced here as literally part of the creation of the world. It was sung into existence. What's fascinating too is the order that things were created. So we see darkness and then we see light starting to creep. But what we do find as well is that there's land. 
there's the the divide has already been done. The firmament, if you will, mm. has already been divided. And then there's already stars. And then there's this. And then there's land creatures. Yeah. So it, it it loosely follows the creation narrative, but um, uh, but like as Pastor Hansen was saying, it's not meant to be completely one to one allegorical. Yeah, a proposal, not of, a yeah. Yeah, yeah. Suppose this were to happen. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, it's just it's a fascinating read, and um. I think that there's a very clear distinction between the creation of the world and then the creation of the creatures that were created to live in the world. Uh It's almost as if God created this world and he created it for a purpose. Yeah. And a huge part of that purpose was to put us in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that comes next. So before we get to the creatures and talking and the first joke and all of that, did you Jake have anything you wanted to mention about, um, this the was actually, post. yeah, the lamppost did come up during this time because Aslan was walking closer to them and singing mm-hmm. and the whole thing was filling yeah. in. Yeah, the, the witch threw the lamppost at... Through the bar. Aslan, yeah. yeah, yeah, the bar. Because she immediately understood there was something wrong. This person was against yeah. her. She hated was the noise. good and she was evil, yeah. yeah. Um, and she threw the lamppost... It bounced bar. off. <laughs> oh, sorry. Bar. You keep saying lamppost. Yeah. Like it becomes a lamppost. But yeah. yeah. Like a javelin well, or something. She, at least the way the book explains it, she's so big that she probably could do that. She tore yeah. the bar off of a lamppost. But yeah. Um, but she throws it at Aslan and it bounces off. Right? I'm right about that, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it lands in the ground. And it mm-hmm. becomes a lamppost. And with there that, it is. <laughs> yeah. And with that, yeah. Uncle Andrew later on looks at that and is like, wow, we can. And in a sense, this is setting up the greed of Uncle Andrew and saying, I can make money off of this. I can I can bring other things here, plant them in the ground, and then they'll they'll grow into something else, and then I can sell it in our world and create an, a sustainable, like a continued um creation of things that i can just sell and continually do that um and using this world that isn't his it's aslan's that he doesn't live in and use it for his his personal gains right for his own own benefits um there's another thing i do want to say about um uh Two things in the next chapter. So make sure cool. I have time for that. <laughs> you got it. You got it. So um, wrapping up that chapter, I just wanted to read a quote that I think is is really fascinating and kind of sets up the almost the dominion mandate of this world, if you will. Um, you know, in our world where God has created us and he's told us to multiply um, be, be fruitful, multiply, have dominion over this world, right? Uh, which is what we've done. And then mm-hmm. we find here the the first words of Aslan mimicking that sort of thing. So he, you know, he says, "Love, think, speak," um, and then be walking trees, be talking beasts, be divine water. So it's it's just kind of interesting that there's the and that speak, love, think, speak. That yeah. speak comes up. Um, a lot throughout this chapter. And there's some very interesting allusions made to what that actually means. Um, 
and I'll just say one more thing before I pass it to Jake really quickly. But on the very next page, something really interesting is stated. Um, you know, Aslan says, I give you forever this land of Narnia. I give you the woods, the fruits, the rivers. I give you the stars and I give you myself. The dumb beasts whom I have not chosen are yours also. Treat them gently and cherish them, but do not go back to their ways, lest you cease to be talking beasts. For out of them you were taken, and into them you can return. Do not so. This almost reads to me as the um, calling out of God's elect. You know, mm -hmm. and especially the calling out of Israel originally. Hey, don't go back to be like those foreign nations. And they did. They brought in you know, the foreign gods and started worshiping those idols. And then, yeah. um, and then us today, Hey, don't be like the world, be in the world, but don't be of the world. Yeah. Don't be like them. Don't go back or you will return to the, the same yeah. fate that they have. So it's just an interesting, to me, to me, this mimics the, um, what God said to Adam when he first sinned, uh, from dust, you were created and to dust, you shall return. Yeah. Um, yep. And in a sense, that's kind of like after what Aslan's kind of said, right? Aslan is saying this could happen, whereas God is saying you will return to dust since you have done this. Since you yeah. have committed the sin, you will now return to dust. Whereas Aslan is saying, don't commit the sin. Don't don't do these things. Otherwise, you will go back to. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so we see that in later chapters or later mm -hmm. books. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 And especially that that election uh, sort of being uh, shown there that yeah. I have not chosen all beasts. You rule over mm -hmm. them. Yep. Um, but be gentle, you know. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's it's fascinating. I'll make one more point. And then, Jake, did you do you have two other points you wanted to make or just one more in the okay. next chapter? Cool. Um, Are we well, in that all... chapter? Yeah, we're in the final chapter. That we oh, OK. Speak, OK. But yeah. Um. But one final quote, just because I thought this was so good. It's all wrapped up in this whole conversation uh, from Aslan. Laugh and fear not, creatures. Now mm. that you are no longer dumb and witless, you need not always be grave. For jokes as well as justice come in with speech. So it's fascinating, a huge part of this chapter. And a, and a huge part, like we were going through angels in the architecture um, before our two-month hiatus. And a huge part of that. Uh, our study through that book was joy, was laughter, was um, finding the joy in the things yeah. that God has created. Yeah, exactly. Feasting and laughing with, with others, right? Um, and so it's, I, I think it's great that um, Lewis kind of echoes that same theme here, mm -hmm. uh, that theme of laughter, joy, and this is good. And that's one of the first things that the animals do after they're given the breath of life is joy, merriment, laughter. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's kind of neat. Throughout throughout these first creation chapters, um, it's kind of in a sense um, going from the perspective of the children and then them uh, witnessing what is happening with the animals and hearing what Aslan is saying to the animals. And that's what we were just reading. But at closer to the end of this chapter, it goes back to going back to the beginning of that creation and saying... Speaking oh. from a perspective of Uncle Andrew. Yeah. Speaking from that perspective. And Which it does this just again. Sad. It is. And it does this again. And Bruce found this. Bruce and I found this very funny 
when it comes up later when when Lewis does this again. But the first time this happens, um, Lewis is bringing up the fact that Uncle Andrew hearing the lion singing, he says in his mind that lion cannot be singing. Lions cannot sing. Yeah. Lions cannot speak. Lions do not have the vocal cords to do that. <laughs> so then he says, the lion is not singing. It is not. And yeah. to which Lewis says that he convinces himself that he, that he is not. Yeah. That even if Uncle Andrew wanted to, he could not hear the singing of the lion. The lion was only roaring and growling from Uncle Andrew's perspective. And this is a blinding of human nature. This is the human nature blinding ourselves to the truth. For we know the truth, yet we suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Yeah. We blind our, ourselves with that. Yeah. 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 And he, he ignored the most obvious thing in front of him mm -hmm. and said, no, 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 that doesn't comport with my logical uh, thinking. And so he elevated himself and his own understanding, his own eyes what he expected to see. Mm -hmm. And so literally denied the most obvious things in front of him. Um, it's kind of like, you know, modern day atheists, unfortunately do the very same thing. They, they don't yeah. want that. It's obvious. The things, the, the, the fact that God created this world, as it says in Romans has been made clear. There's no excuse. It's obvious. This didn't evolve by chance. There's no possible uh, way that this could have happened from an explosion. Yeah. God obviously created it. And if we deny that, we're denying one of the most obvious things in our existence. And we're elevating our own reason, our own logic, our own, uh, uh, we're saying we're God. We can say, no, we, we know more. So I'm God. I know the most. I know everything. And so if it doesn't make sense to me, then it couldn't possibly be true. And so right. it's the same sort of thing, which, which is really unfortunate to, to see. So, yeah. Wow. This was, uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> what we were going to um, pull out of these chapters. But this was, I think, a really good conversation. And hopefully, yeah. if you haven't read these chapters yet, it's uh, sparked you to do so. So, um, yeah. Thanks for the observations, Jake. Thank you, mm -hmm. Cade, for the awesome uh, intro. And very soon, you'll experience the awesome outro. <laughs> um, and uh, we are looking very much, very, we're very much, I can do words. I've <laughs> only been doing them for a half hour so far. Uh, <laughs> we are very much looking forward to seeing you on our Friday episode where we've got quite the discussion topic coming your way. Yeah. Oh, snap. In light of um, what seasons we're moving into, I assume it's sports seasons. I don't know. I don't know. No. I think, wait, what was it? The other the other week it was um it was a hundred days until football season started. Ah, okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't, don't watch. I don't TV, know exactly so. when that was, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, maybe so. if if sports are coming up, then then this will be especially applicable. Otherwise, it's just it's a really fascinating conversation topic. So Jacob once again has wowed us with a fantastic topic. <laughs> so we're looking forward to chatting about that on Friday. So thank you all so so much for watching, and we're looking forward to seeing you then. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto the Lord. <laughs>